The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hey everybody, I am Cody Hetzel, one of the co-founders for the Child Free Convention, and with me today is Lenora Fay. Hey Lenora. Hi, I'm Lenora <laughs> Fay, also one of the co-founders of Child Free Convention. <laughs> And we've got a, a really fun topic we're going to talk about today. It, it kind of answers maybe one of those questions that child-free people always have, and that's um, just finding other people who are child-free to be friends with, uh, whether it's your neighbor in the same city or someone halfway around the globe. Um, we're going to have with us today uh, Arif and Sadiq. They will be talking about um, kind of how they uh, got together and, and have this camaraderie through being child-free. And the interesting thing about this, and being from um, North America, America, the U.S., uh, as I am, it's one of those things that I didn't really know that there was a little bit of, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, Conflict? Yeah, well, yeah, or maybe a little, yeah, or, or um, uh, a predisposition of, mm. of what uh, you might think of another person from another country. And Oh, misconceptions. Th yeah, even. misconceptions, that's yes. even better. And so with uh, India and Pakistan, I, that's something that is, um, you know, a, a, a thing. And it's just really cool because these guys are each representing uh, from that country and they've found common grounds in being child free and they're they're big in their own communities of uh, networking and representing the child free community. And so we thank them today for joining us. So we will pull up our guests today. Arif and Sadiq, how are you guys doing? We are doing good. How are you, Cody and Lenora? We are fantastic, thanks. Great, and great. Thank you guys for joining us. I know it's a huge time difference for us. It's uh, 12 o'clock our time. It's about, what, 10.30 p.m. for you guys? Yeah, I don't exactly. know. Right around there. So, yeah. Hey, it's 10 in the morning for me up in Canada. So it's like <laughs> really early yeah. for me. We're all over the place <laughs> yeah. here. So um, with that, well, let's just dive right in. Uh, Sadiq, could you start us off and, and tell us about yourself and your child-free journey? And then we'll go to our. Okay, so... Uh... Uh, I am Sadiq. I live in Karachi and uh, I work as a lawyer here at Sindh High Court. So uh, regarding my child-free journey, uh, it was quite a long time back. I mean, it's my childhood that I never uh, found it really, uh, you know, uh, engaging or really very excited to, to be a child or a parent in the future. And at times I got really uh, you know bogged down when, when people used to ask me that when will you get married when you're kid and all so i was like okay we, we'll see when i grow up and uh, e even when i was grow growing up in the teenage and uh, you know and when i grew up as an adult and when i was seeing that you know people around me are getting uh, children and, and i mean you know and they are getting married and specifically in the atmosphere that i was growing up so you know Pakistan being a country, it's quite an extremist and, you know, and quite a conservative country. And I al always used to think that, you know, being in a very conservative and being in a very extremist type of country, that why still people are trying to have children. And specifically when we were growing up, so there were quite a lot of harsh and adverse incidents like, you know, terrorism or uh, many other social evils that were going up. Still, I used to think that why is it that people are still so hopeful and, you know, false hopes and all and apart from that people always wanted to grow uh, go out of this country i mean 
I never see many of the people. I mean, the privileged one that wanted to live in this country and they, they wanted to go out. Still, I was really surprised that they still wanted to get married and I wanted to have children and wanted to grow and and they wanted to grow these children up in this country. So this was, you know, very surprising to me. And apart from from that, there were many other things that I was, you know, seeing that I never wanted to have child. I mean, not only in this country, but apart from that, even if I, if I go, you know. Uh, from this region and uh, another thing that really intrigued me when i was growing up that in the subcontinent if you see the subcontinent i mean not only pakistan but if you see india and bangladesh also it's one of the most overcrowded regions in the world i mean our combined population is around uh, 180 uh, crores which means around 1.8 billion so it's around 20 to 30% of the entire world population and i was also thinking that why people still want to bring uh, i mean uh, people or innocent children into a region which does not which never offers any quality of life whatsoever i mean every privileged one wants to go out of this region so this was quite you know uh, weird for me and uh, when uh, the, the covid came i mean you know uh, the, the main thing that really intrigued me when uh, as an adult was during the covid when i was seeing that humans are so helpless i mean you know we are so vulnerable and we are so weird at times that you know we know that any uh, virus or any disease can destroy us in in a few seconds or you know i mean get get us uh, extinct or whatever it is so i mean apart from that when you see all these things that you know humans i mean we humans still don't learn so covid did teach me one thing that Uh, we humans are so vulnerable that a, a virus, a, a virus that we can't even see with uh, with our eyes, so it can, uh, you know, uh, it, it can kill us or it can do uh, any harm to us. But still, uh, if you see, uh, I mean, even during that time, people were still getting married. They were still procreating. I mean, uh, you would be surprised to see that even during the COVID time, uh, three or four of my friends, which were of my age, they still procreated and had children. i mean he was yeah, even i was surprised that why even during these uncertain times i mean you know people are procreating and having children when they don't know what's going to happen next so it, it was one of uh, the eye opening moments for me and it was during 2020 or 2021 that i actually got to know about child free that what is child free and what is antenatalism and from that moment i i was really happy to know that i'm not the only uh, fellow that that has a weird mindset because people used to call me that he's a weirdo he is an idiot or something that he does not want to have children and what but it was thankfully to due to this community child free community that i got to know that i'm not the only one and there are people that have actual issues i mean you know even if they are from privileged backgrounds and even if they have the means to procreate and provide quality life to children but still they don't want to have children so it was really good for me to know uh, through these communities that there are people that want to that don't want to have children and they don't and they also want to create awareness regarding this so it was primarily due to covid and due to these things so yeah this is about me and and things haven't changed since covid's it, we're still kind of in the throes of it for anyone watching this in the future as this will be archived yeah. we're, we're in 2022 right now um, yeah. so yeah you 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 you're not an idiot for for choosing to be child free as you said earlier like every, everything is great uh yeah so uh, araf what about you what tell us about yourself and your child free journey 
yeah <clears throat> i live in the state of jharkhand in uh, in india and uh, i was brought and born and brought up in this uh, steel city that is an it's an industrialized city and i have had a very good childhood and uh, growing up uh, I, in the challenges that uh, what sadik mentioned uh, i faced the same kind of challenges uh, i was expected to you know uh, get great good uh, grades in the school and then perform well in the college and get a good job uh, typical indian mindset and then uh, going further uh, the question that triggered uh, why why I'm, i do not want to have kids is is the time when uh, i just went to my office and uh i went to my office after a holiday and during that holiday there was i attended a marriage ceremony and i saw how people have been working so hard to get that marriage ceremony done arranging all those parties and uh and all of those things but uh this is that experience you know i i, I questioned uh, i questioned all of those things and then uh, suddenly i uh, i thought that okay marriage is only uh, the reason for marriage is uh, is to procreate so uh, i questioned that uh, and i looked in on youtube and then i uh, came across several channels uh, they talked about being child free and uh, an antinatalist also came in so and when uh, i learned about antinatalism from youtube and also child free from youtube and then in the uh, it, this happened in the year 2017 and uh, you know i was a potential child free and antinatalist it it just uh, it didn't have any word until then so i i learned uh, i learned more and more about it through google and uh, you know all those reasons that sadik said all of those reasons are uh, work for me as well like uh, overcrowded overcrowded places like trains and the buses we don't get seats uh, and uh, this pollution and everything all uh, people suffer a lot and seeing all those suffering you know i decided to remain child free and now i'm trying to propagate this idea and that's my story awesome it, and you both have kind of a similar background right there and just discovering that the term and the community of of being child free uh it, it, is there anything in your country that it, it even this child free even exists as a term there or it's just now being learned and shared um sadiq go please please go ahead uh so uh, in our country i mean you know uh, people are not really aware about being child free or being antinatalist you know and even if you try to discuss about being child free or whatever uh, the term is so people would recreated as a taboo i mean you know for them and for any human in general uh, procreation is natural and i do understand it that it is natural but there is something i mean you know we as one of the rare species that that has the ability to question everything you know some species have a natural instinct to perform any task i mean they procreate they eat they, they have family and 
whatever it is but we humans we have the tendency to question everything we question our existence we question about the quality of life and whatever it is but in part of our world i still think most of the species in our region specifically in india and pakistan they still have a long way to go and and they still i, I don't think that they are developed as, uh, developed as species or developed as humans so uh, if if we even try to discuss these things they would rather you know counter us in a very harsh way or in an adverse way and uh, as i said that they would uh, treat us as a weird or, or stupid or rather than understanding or empathizing with us so they would uh, they won't uh, really cooperate with us so this is one of the primary reasons why it is very difficult to even discuss these things in our part of the world and especially in pakistan but i have seen that these things in india it is still getting much better i mean because india is a much diverse and and a comparatively much dem- democratic country so in our region it's very difficult and it's thanks to the internet that i've been able to uh, discuss these things with fellow pakistanis i mean not only in pakistan but who are uh, living in other parts of the world so yes i have been able to discuss it but uh, at you can say uh, out of the virtual world it has been very difficult but it has been much more easier for me to discuss it virtually so yeah that's uh, from mind and so arif in india is there a term that you have this any kind of uh, similarity to child free uh yeah some people are child free and uh, some people don't know about the term child free they are child free they don't have kids and they have not came across the word child free and uh, i think um, a lot of indians are by their very nature they are antinatalist after going through all of this suffering in their life and, and uh, learning from the suffering of others they are naturally uh, antinatalist but but they don't know the terms most of them are not aware of these terms and uh, out of those 100% of the child free i mean i would say 70% of them would recognize themselves as just child free and i think 30% of them would recognize themselves as being an antinatalist as well so let's talk about you two and your friendship how did you both meet do you remember and do you have maybe different stories i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, we uh, actually met at a telegram group so uh, telegram is an alternate of whatsapp so uh, there was a child free muslim group which was created by one of our child free 1980s group members uh, known as meza patel so she had created a group uh, so me arif and a few others uh, had met at this group so uh, it was back in i think march or april 2021 so it was just a chat chat on and a hi hello and uh, it was good to see that most of the problems that we had shared or had discussed they, they were quite similar in nature i mean india and pakistan being neighbors uh, we may be uh, on paper we may be a different country but our problems are somewhat same mostly are very identical and the frustration also is same so i also coined a term me and arif mutually coined a term called mutual hatred so we have a mutual hatred against you know all these customs and traditions that we have uh, in indian pakistan and how humans have a low quality and a very pathetic quality of life not all humans but uh, at least uh, you know quite a large amount of humans that they have a very subpar quality of life and they are okay with it the most frustrating thing is that you know uh, having a low quality and a very pathetic quality of life they don't have any, have any problem with it 
and uh, uh, they procreate at a, at a very huge amount so i mean especially the those that are unprivileged and and living at you know the bottom of the pyramid so this is what we observed in both parts of the world so me and arif uh, had uh, uh, you know consistently discussed these things uh, since like march and april 2021 and and it's now around february 2022 and uh, thankfully our uh, friendship or a virtual friendship has grown really well and we have been uh, having all these conversations uh, at least uh, you know around 2 to 3 weeks uh, per week uh, uh, at least uh, on either zoom or google meetups or various other platforms and thankfully there are other uh, facebook groups also that uh, discuss about child free so we have, we are also on other facebook groups called child free by choice india team no kids and very other many other groups so we have uh, discussed on various various topics including child free and and specifically we have also discussed about old age and how there is a misconception that when you grow old there will be children to you know uh, take care of you so this is one of the main reasons why that we were also discussing on these things and we try to cater or you know remove this misconception that in old age you don't need children you need medicines and caretakers so children are just bonus for that so yeah i mean this was one of, one of the main uh, topics that we used to discuss that's awesome okay rf your your side of the story <laughs> yeah what to be said true yes uh, mostly true <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we met there on telegram and then we used to have uh, uh, a lot of uh, meetings uh, zoom meetings and uh google meetings with other members as well many people from across the globe you know joined us uh, i think mostly 10 to 15 people were joining uh, in those meetups and then that led to forming a smaller group uh, which is a bunch of good friends from india uh, most most of them are from india uh, and sadik is the only one who is from pakistan so uh we we do regular ch- ch- chats every every now and then and we discuss our uh, how how we, how our day goes by our how our weeks go by how our weekends go by and then uh it's it's kind of a great uh, forum to discuss our problems and try to help each other we we even you know try to help each other in small things like uh, somebody's shampoo bottle was not opening we try to open her shampoo bottle online so so we do discuss about silly things as well and uh, we try to help each other make each other's life better when 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 we see that people are trying to make each other's life better we try to make each other's life better so that's what we do it's very refreshing to know that men talk about like cosmetic problems too it's not <laughs> just women <laughs> i love it okay i guess code it's your turn yeah so um sadiq if uh being from pakistan uh just in general terms like what are some assumptions that you had about india growing up okay so as a child when the, we were growing up so we we are always taught that you know india is your enemy and because the majority religion of india is uh, hindu so they they can't be your friends because pakistan is a muslim majority state so while growing up we were taught this toxicity and all and because we were separated from them in uh, you know around 6 7 decades back in 1947 so we can't be 
friends because we were separated for this very reason that we have different culture or whatever it is but it was all you know crap that we were taught because we have the same culture we have almost the same language and even the religion is mostly same because there are muslims in india too so this was all false propagations that we were taught and it was thankfully due to the you know uh, the the same art that we follow i mean you know uh, it was primarily due to the music and due to the films i would rather uh, thank the movies and the movie makers that that uh, they were able to show their culture and i was able to sh- uh, view their culture in my part of the world so it was primarily due to the movies that i was able to see the culture that that is very similar to us and uh, it also thanks to the internet that i was able to interact with many indians and they were able to you know uh, uh, almost eliminate my um, i mean our misconception that we had uh, as pakistanis regarding india so it was good to see that they have the same uh, respect and the same love that we have for uh, india as uh, we were growing up so uh, it was good to see that and now uh, as i've seen that you know i mean our problems are also the same so all these misconceptions thankfully have been almost eliminated and now i see that uh, you know at times i think that i am almost part of that same region at times you know my language my you know my hobbies and all these things are very similar so at times i all, all i mean you know often think that i'm virtually an indian i may be living in pakistan but i i may be an indian in my mind so yeah that's what i've seen and so our same question but switched around so being from india what were some assumptions that you had about pakistan growing up yeah exactly the same as sadik said uh, uh we have been taught that you know indian pakistan are our tribals they can't be friends uh, they have this border dispute for over almost 75 years uh since the genesis of these two countries uh, there have been several they have been in several wars and that led to only destruction nothing else and uh, oh, what we what i learned about them is like uh, all all these pakistani guys are bad and it's a bad country it's a country which, which is the epicenter of terrorism that is what we have been taught but when it came to people uh, normal people of the say, citizens of those con- of the country you know they are just like us uh, same food same uh, same kind of language and uh, similar problems uh, the re- entire region of india pakistan and bangladesh or you may call it subcontinent uh, people are the same they they just uh, this, this hatred towards each other is it's just unnatural these boundaries are unnatural uh, i think this should have been a single country but uh, unfortunately it can't be changed but uh, what we can do is we can uh, we can leave the past and go forward with a better mindset and uh, with uh, with a sense of positivity we can make the uh, the, the bitterness between two country go away and uh, it it starts with people there have been several marriages across the border and uh, there have been uh, there have been friends uh, across both across the borders all the time and and uh, we do see you know after 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 one of the temples in pakistan that is opened that is kartarpur corridor uh, where, where where you know two brothers were separated during the time of partition and they met after 80 years and so 
that that went viral and that was really we uh, the, the, the both the brothers were crying after after meeting after after 80 years and you know it's just they is india pakistan are just like two brothers being separated that's that a great such- way to put it I was just going to say that is so yeah. beautiful actually. I was wondering Cody, do you think Canada and the US can learn a lot from this and like how to get along? Wait, do we do we not get along? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um okay, we have an incoming comment. Oh. <laughs> Hi Nandita. <laughs> she says hello Sadiq and Arv, nice to see you both. Um, Hi. Hi Nandita. Hi. Great to see you. <laughs> So we, so that basically, you both have basically answered the next question we had about the similarities, but I, I was just curious, you know, how your mindsets have changed, you know, towards each other's countries. Have you talked about that with your own friends in your area or your families? Like, do, do they have a similar point of view? Like, have they learned about, you know, your, 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 the other country? Like how is, has that come up in your own social circles aside from the child-free community? Uh, okay, so from aside the, the child-free community, uh, I mean, if we talk about the change or anything or even the awareness, I think they, they, there has been uh, some awareness in my, uh, I mean, you know, at least in my family or at least in, uh, I mean, you know, among my parents, my brother or some of my very close friends with whom that I've discussed these ideas. So there have been very few people, I mean, in my uh, vicinity that I've been able to discuss it. And some have been really positive. And I mean, they have appreciated my idea. But most of them, I mean, you know, they have been, their uh, viewpoint or their reaction has not been always positive. But yeah, they they have been somewhat, uh, you know, accepting uh, of it. So it's good to see that at least my brother and my mother, they have really appreciated uh, my viewpoint and uh, even my brother he's more of a you know uh, he has a more of a child-free tendency and even he does not want to have children in the future even if he does get married and uh, but my father he does not really comprehend or really appreciate my idea but some of my friends whom i've discussed with uh, not much of them i think maybe three or four or maybe five maximum so uh, some of them they have said that yeah we do respect your ideology but we still have, we, we will still have children and we will, you know, appropriate, but still, yeah, I mean, we, we do appreciate. And uh, what I've observed that some of the people, I mean, I've not directly uh, interacted with them, but I've seen few Pakistanis in my, uh, my city, Karachi, and uh, virtually I've seen in uh, other parts of Pakistan that they do want to be child-free and they don't want children and they do think that, you know, procreation is not always, uh, I mean, you know, not always uh, a mandatory thing to do. There is still a choice to do. So I think, yes, I am still hopeful and I think there will be some awareness in the near future. So RF, same question. Like what has, like your your attitude shift towards people, like to Pakistan in general, have, have you talked, you know, about that in your own, with your own family or other friends as well? Yeah. Well, uh, my family have always been, uh, you know, quite... Uh, liberal kind of family and they have been accepting this fact that you know they're also humans and, and they're like it's an unnatural boundary and uh, when it came to my colleague and friends you know uh, most of them are you know of the friendly nature and they, they want uh, this uh, unnecessary war, war to come to an end and uh, this unnecessary hostility to come to an end and they want to become friends with uh, 
um, the people across the border and and they, you know want to live a very uh, uh, kind of normal uh, normal brotherhood kind of uh, life and and uh, when uh, people have been uh, you know understanding this that this 75 years of hatred has given them absolutely nothing it's it's just a way of the politics to you know deviate people from the real concerns of their life and try to you know shift their attention towards this uh, uh, what we say that border uh, border problem uh, so this this is the tool that the you know the uh, the political parties have been using to deviate people from asking the right questions so uh, so this, this this many people have came to know all of these things and you know people have been quite accepting of of the of the people of from pakistan yeah and it sounds like just over time that um Sadiq, you had mentioned just the the sharing of cultures just learning about what's going on in the other uh country in general um that that you know, and also that problems don't know borders. So it doesn't matter if it's not going to get contained just because on a map, there's a, you know, a line put in there by pencil. Um, you know, the, the, the pandemic has shown us that for sure. You know, we're all in this together. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear from, from the outside, um, kind of looking in that, that there is uh, hopefully a, a bridging of, of the gap that's been there for, you said, 75 years uh, and, and hopefully some, some, uh, some relations are being built and it, it all starts with these individual ones with like just what you guys have and talk, talking to your family your friends and uh you know forging those those friendships that way absolutely absolutely and so as far as uh the child for lifestyle goes how have each of you fostered uh the child for community in in your area even if it's online in your own uh the forums or groups um Siddi, go ahead Okay, so what we are trying to do as uh, being as child free, so we are at least trying to have regular meetups. And uh, uh, after having those regular meetups, we are trying to uh, make some strategies or make some ideas that uh, if we adopt this child free lifestyle, I mean, because uh, we already are. And, and when we grow old, I mean, you know, when we won't have that liberty of you know having a stable income and we won't have the uh, you know uh, the optimum health that which is needed to live in the near future i mean if we grow old uh, like in the 50s or 60s so what will we have in the future because even if we are married and we don't have children so we need someone a support system that will help us so we often discuss about having a pool of funds or a mutual trust or a mutual fund that can help us uh, have a collective, uh, you know, a group, a collective fund that if needed, I mean, in, in the old age, so that can help us to cater our financial need. And we are also discussing about uh, how can we have old age homes uh, for people who are already child free or want to have a, a child free lifestyle, because uh, we need to have a proactive approach. We don't need to have a reactive approach that you know, or that we got child free and we don't have any people to support us. So we already need to have a proactive approach that can help us to uh, make amends and, uh, you know, already have a system that, that can support us. So we are, uh, for now, at least we are in the pilot stage of creating all these plans. And uh, 
most of these ideas are coming from uh, india i mean it's very limited input from pakistan because me and a few others have been uh, contributing to these things so yeah mo- most of these uh, you know inputs are from uh, the indian community and we are still trying to you know ha- have a collective output that can uh, cater these things not only in a specific country but uh, on a more broader level so yeah that's it from mine so arf what, what are you working on uh we are trying to you know make smaller groups like uh, 5 to 10 people uh, who have some commonalities like uh, in, like india is a very diverse country right so uh, every two uh, every 200 kilometers the language will change and also the kind of food will change every 200 kilometers so so the main thing we are trying to do is you know uh to make it more regional uh people from one region can live together and can you know share uh, their culture and their uh, kind of food that they eat so what we are trying to do is we are trying to make these smaller groups who would live together in the future like we i am just 30 so people in after 10 years or so we will try to live together so uh what we can do is uh we uh, we will live together for a week and then two weeks uh, try to live together and then try to see that we are compatible as roommates or housemates or you know flatmates and then uh, we can uh, yeah, as an experiment and if that goes out successful uh then then we can try to live for uh, with each other forever so and that's the plan of making a community of 5 to 10 people because more than that will be difficult to accommodate so uh, so we have got uh, people scattered all over india and that's that's a very big challenge and that's what we are trying to do find out people from our own locality who wants to live together so that's a challenge and we are working on this and that's the thing i can speak to america and and it's It, in the old fashioned ways you basically had kids cuz well they still think the kids are going to take care of you but the parents would more than likely literally move in with the children later in life and just the way that uh society has changed with um the divorces and the, the mobility of work and jobs people don't live in the same small town that they once grew up in and so the you know the parents 50/50 chance they're divorced they might be in different towns the kids are going to grow up and they're going to probably go work in different towns or cities across the country or another country even and so for us in the american uh the way the system's going is there are tons of retirement communities where uh older people will go to you know essentially uh re- retire out the last you know 10 or 15 years of their life uh what's it like in your respective country as far as that the uh, Uh, dynamics of a family and what's expected of the children in that regard city go ahead first please okay so uh, in our country i mean you know pakistan what i've seen that you know the uh, joint family system still exists i mean you know most of us still with live with our parents i mean even if uh, people do get married they tend to i mean the the man i mean the husband they uh, he tends to live with his parents i mean the wife accompanies him and the husband and the wife and the children they tend to live with their parents or grandparents or whatever it is so the joint family st- system still exists in most parts of uh, our country and specifically when it comes to the smaller cities and the rural areas i mean 
So in the, our metropolitan cities like Karachi, Islamabad, now people still tend to have nuclear families. I mean, when they get married, they tend to go out of their parents' house and they live uh, in uh, you know separate families, or they tend to grow go out of this country. I mean, you know, if if they are not living in that country, they go out. I mean, they go abroad, and the parents are living in their home country like Pakistan, and many people migrate to either the UK, Canada, whatever it is. So they tend to migrate there. But in in what I've generally seen that you know people still live in. the joint family system and uh, but uh, what i've also observed that these things may change more in the future i mean if people get more privilege they get more awareness and more opportunities so they may not live with their parents i mean uh, at a more broader level because these things are happening at a small level but uh, if they get more opportunities so obviously they won't live with the parents and some people are realizing this that you know that they won't be able to live in those connected joint families so uh, the nuclear family system and even the you know uh, i mean you know living separately i mean you know some people i mean some uh, boys i mean some men they are not living with their parents if they get the opportunity even if they are not married or though they don't have children so yes that these dynamics are changing which you mentioned about the us or canada or any of the privileged i mean developed country so yeah i mean the dynamics are changing and they may change at a great greater level in the future Our what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, we have got a similar situation as Hadik said. Uh, the best thing is, I would say, is that uh, diverse rate is very less in India. It's like one percent. So it's in US, it's like fifty percent, and in India, it's one percent of the marriage fail. So I think marriage will be a safe thing to do, <laughs> considering the probability of getting failed marriage. So. so the idea behind marriage is to procreate and you know and out of that procreation people uh, people believe that their ch- children will take care of them when they are old but uh, but nowadays uh, it's quite difficult people don't see uh, that p- children when they grow up uh, they they will take care of the parents uh, and as hadik said you know the concept of joint family uh, it's it's still there in india uh, a lot of family live with their uh, cousins and with their uncles and everybody in the family is there uh, uncle aunts grandfather grandmother everybody is there so in a single house so uh, like it's like you know 10 to 15 people living in the same house uh, that's a that's a normal thing in india and uh, uh, now now the things are changing a little bit with uh, capitalism coming in and you know big companies coming in uh, people are moving towards the bigger cities and uh, we see now more nuclear families uh, uh, there is a shift from joint family system to nuclear family system and it's just uh but still the parents are taken care of not the uncles uncles and the aunts but uh, yeah parents will be taken care of by their sons uh, you know people generally want to have son rather than daughter because you know it's the son responsibility who is going to take care of the father and the mother and it is the daughter in law's responsibility to take care of her uh, father in law and mother in law so this is the expectation in uh, typical indian society uh, 
uh, as far as uh, you know daughters are concerned you know it, it said that you know they belong to someone else's house like it said that they belong to their husband's house so uh, the daughters uh, are expected you know to take care of her husband and her husband's her husband's uh, father and mother so this is the normal family system in india and it's it's functioning is still it's 90% of the family is still runs on the same concept uh, but little there is a shift from that people are moving towards being nuclear family and uh, with more urbanization this will happen this will continue to happen so that's the thing so with the with the joint family system how does it work with finances if the the children the adult children are are bringing in funds like is the property owned by the parents like is there money coming in through different resources that way the uncle that's hanging out on the couch like is he contributing like what happens with the finances in the situation so yes are they good yeah so what happens uh, usually in the joint family system so uh, for instance in my case so i'm still living with my parents so one of the main reasons that you know people i mean our generation tends to live with our parents because uh, you know most of us are unable to uh, afford a house or purchase a house uh, when they are in their 20s or 30s i mean you know the inflation has skyrocketed i mean even to uh, you know have a separate home for ourselves or one bed or two to one bhk or two bhk whatever it is so it it tends to get difficult for us to have uh, purchase a different uh, uh, you know separate house for ourselves and uh, to live in the same city on rent on a different uh, vicinity i mean it's foolish you know that uh, if your parents have a house which is sufficient enough uh, through which you can live with them because most of us have uh, you know sufficiently spacious houses so we can live with them so this is one of the main reasons why we tend to live with uh, our parents and the property is obviously they, they are uh, owned by our parents and uh, but when they pass away or if there is any demise or whatever it is so the property uh, or the whatever the you know the area or vicinity or the house in which we are living in so it gets equally distributed i mean you know if if i have an apartment or a house or a villa whatever it is so it equally is distributed by uh, between the children and whatever it is so uh, regarding the funds i mean what happens that you know when uh, i mean uh, if the for instance if there are two sons that are living with their parents so they equally contribute towards all the household expenses uh, they tend to uh, you know distribute it uh, with their own family like their children and their wife and uh, the rest of them i mean whatever uh, the, the specific amount is they tend to contribute it towards their parents so same goes for you know all the remaining family members i mean if if it's a large family so it gets usually easier financially for them so this is one of the main reasons why many families tend to live in joint family system because the cost of living becomes uh, you know comparatively cheaper for them at least so yeah i mean this is how they tend to you know distribute it towards their family members are yeah. any any thoughts on that oh you're i we got you yeah actually what happens here is you know we we have the senior most uh, member uh, male member in the house who is the grandfather of the house and the grandfather you know the the sons will give him the uh, money 
to run the house this is the grandfather responsibility to run the house so grandfather uh, will take the money from his sons and he will he will uh, you know he will take equal amounts from his son and he will just spend uh, for the groceries and um, and the rest of the stuffs and it's the son's responsibility to give the money to their uh, parents uh, and then and then it's the grandfather actually who runs the family he is the captain of the house actually and uh, when the grandfather passes away then comes the you know br- the brothers those two brothers actually those two or three brothers will come in and you know may they might get separated or they you know try to live together with their wife and their children so so it's it's in the household you know you have got your real brothers your cousins sisters everybody are living in the, under the same roof and it's it's a kind of great display of tolerance and that what that's what we have been taught you know uh, to be tolerant towards each, each other and to be respectful towards towards each other and people do generally don't have a, a single problem living in the house and there are some problems here and there but all in all uh, uh, there is a great unity in the family members and uh, 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 yeah yeah that's that's enough that that's what i wanted to say yeah. it is admirable when that lives in a townhouse by herself with three bedrooms and three bathrooms and doesn't want to share anything with anybody <laughs> it is very commendable it, it sounds almost like it's it's the marriage around system though because you, it, you 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 know kind of have to have kids to help contribute funds to the household and it, it's like a never-ending cycle and you know congratulations you guys for kind of breaking free of that yeah and i also agree with the c- comment made by nandita that yes it is somewhat a brilliant plan you know redefining family so yeah i do agree with that which actually is a good plug for um an upcoming panel for the 2022 <laughs> virtual child free convention happening later in july um yes yeah, so we have a question that segues to our our next question actually can we get that please So the question is are you more interested in empowering people to make responsible and informed procreative decisions or do you think as antenatalists that it's never okay to procreate even if it is done consciously Uh Sadiq go ahead Okay so uh being an in uh, antenatalist myself that obviously I I don't want people to procreate because you know what I've observed that uh not only in humans but uh, the other sentient beings uh, i mean we we do have these conversations with fellow antenatalists and fe- fellow child free people and specifically with the uh, with the antenatalists that you know uh, life is uh, nature itself is quite harsh that you know you you don't want to procreate or to bring uh, uh life into this world i mean wh- whatever optimism we we may illustrate i mean i do agree that technologically and financially and socially we humans have advanced and our quality of life has been much 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 better than the uh, our predecessors that uh, did have but still when you uh, you know at times when you observe and people may call it pessimism but when you have some pensive thoughts and when you observe that how uh, you know i mean nature has designed our life to be uh, a bit harsh and suffering is there uh, all together so obviously uh, we we don't want uh, you know people to bring uh, you know another sentient being to this world but again uh, i mean you know i don't want to be overly pessimistic so if people do want to uh, consciously bring 
uh, another sentient being or uh, another child i mean specifically when it comes to human beings if they want to have uh, uh, their own family they want to get married and have children so yes i mean if they want to then they can go ahead i mean we don't obviously we can't stop them or whatever it is because obviously uh, there are people that are still i mean majority of people are having a really good life i mean they have a good quality of life but again it comes to uh, individual choices I, i would rather limit it obviously to limit uh, his his or her own individual choices i mean being uh, a cf myself that i don't want to procreate but it could be different for an, another individual who has a much more optimistic point of view towards life so yes uh, it's up to them if they want to uh, have children but again they, they should provide the optimum quality of life i mean you know if if they are not able to provide the quality of life then they should rather refrain from uh, bringing another child to this world which is uh, somewhat depleting in nature yeah then that's it from mind arif how about you uh well i am an internetalist myself and uh, when i see people procreating i feel uh, bad for the child you know welcome to the world <laughs> so so when the babies come in you know uh, a lot of celebration is done but uh, yeah th- that's good for the parents because they have got their uh, insurance policy for the uh, for their old age so not, but not for the baby because he is going to grow up face all the challenges of life traffic tra- traffic pollution everything else and you know diseases and uh, then old age and then die uh so uh, for the baby i don't feel good for the parents okay congratulations to them but uh but creating a new life is just like uh, it's automatic people don't think about you know what they're doing and that that is what upsets me uh, uh doing you know even we we do anything and we try to consider the pros and cons of any decision but when it comes to baby it's it's uh, it's automatic it's 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 expected it's in the system it's written in the system that you know once you get married you got to have kids so people never question this norm and this is this is not good uh, it's it's like we are not using our brains you know to uh, to question everything in life it's it's just people who are uh, you know sensible enough to question they will come to the decision that you know procreation is actually a very bad thing to do um, because there is no uh, part of consent you know we can, we cannot get consent from the baby that you know he or she wants to come into this world or not i have had i been given a choice that you want to come into this world i would have simply said no uh, but uh, unfortunately i didn't get there is no mechanism of asking someone who is unborn that you want to come to this world or not so seeing after considering all sorts of uh, suffering in this world i think it's better to leave the unborn unborn uh, i do want to add a uh, thing that i do agree with this uh, statement made by arif that yes even if i had the you know opportunity or if even, even i have been asked the question that if i want to uh, be born and brought up into this world that obviously i would also said no so yeah and i also want to you know uh, refer to the book by david benatar better not to have been born so the points that he has made into uh, in his books 
uh, in his uh, specific book in better net to have been born so yeah even he has referred to this statement so yeah i, I also agree to that so from the outside looking in it appears that being an antinatalist is the, the the default identifier as opposed to being child free so what would you say to that because that, that's a common question that even I get, you know, being in, in Canada, they're like, well, are you an antinatalist in addition to being child-free? And my answer is no, I am pro-choice. But it's a very different life living here. So, you know, to a lot of us, it seems like in, in your particular countries, antinatalism is the really the, the, the main identifier. Is that, is there any validity to that statement? And this is a very rudimentary definition on the screen right now. It's, it's a little <laughs> more complex than that, but that's yeah. uh, just if you had to look at it at a glance. Okay. So can I add? Yeah, go please, ahead. Please. Yeah. Yeah. So the definition that you just provided uh, regarding antinatalism, it's really good and it's very relevant here. And I just mentioned about David Benatar also. So he also says that, you know, bringing any sentient being, I mean, not only human, but any sentient being to this world is immoral. And it's he or she, whatever the sentient being is, he's bound to suffer. So uh, if people do think that, you know, being child free is... <coughs> By de by default means antinatalism, so it, it could be contradictory in nature because there are many child-free people that don't want to be, uh, although they don't identify themselves as uh, antinatalists. But me and Arif and many antinatalists like us, they do identify uh, as not only child-free but also antinatalists. So yes, I, I won't only say that it's immoral. I won't really say that, but yes, uh, it is harsh to bring a sentient being to this world because as we have mentioned that the overall pathway i mean you know the process from being born till we die it is suffering i mean people don't really identify in this and if we tell them that it is suffering life is uh, throughout the life it is suffering they would say that you are you have a pessimistic view of life but what they don't tend to realize or they tend to ignore that that there is suffering all the way I mean, specifically when it comes to old age suffering, when, uh, you know, I, I mean, even though you have lived a very high quality of life, you have availed all the opportunities, you have lived a really good life, but whatever the suffering that you endure, specifically in old age or whenever you get a disease, it all really melts all the benefits that you had in your life. You know, even that one inch or one ounce of suffering is just, you know, able to eliminate all the benefits, all the happiness that you endured in your life. So people need to realize this. And we, they may think that we are being uh, uh, pessimistic, but this is the reality. And even Gautam Buddha said that, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the man who pioneered uh, Buddhism, he also said that life is suffering. You may agree or not agree, but it is suffering. Or? Yeah, I wanted to say that, you know, it's it's better to be uh, uh, expertly pessimistic than be uh, naively optimistic. So, uh, so, so my point is that you know they, people are suffering from one problem that is called optimism bias. You know, people think that everything in life is good, and they try to overestimate the quality of their lives. But in reality, they do suffer. Every even the richest man, like Elon Musk, also suffers. So, so I would say that you know. Uh, to consciously to make a decision to not to procreate is the best decision and 
and people who are educated and still they are procreating i think it's really morally morally wrong to bring kids um, and few people who are ignorant i would say that ignorance is bliss uh, people who are ignorant are always happy people who are um, edu- educated and who who are who think a lot you know like the philosophers they 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 are not they are not really happy so it's not necessary that people who are always looking happy they are um uh, they are genius and it's not necessary that people who uh, are concerned or who thinks lo- a lot deeper uh, they are you know they they, <laughs> they they are sad that doesn't mean that uh, actually they might be more uh, more considerate about things people who people who, who, th- who think a lot they you know they are much more considerate about the facts and they and they and they check the facts and then you know come to a conclusion of not having kids and and that's the con- they they give, give, get a better conclusion you know by considering everything and uh, when people might call them pessimist but pessimist are people who you know uh, take things you know considering everything they consider everything they think a lot you know their their range of thinking is very high so so pessimism is uh, not a bad philosophy it's a, it's a good philosophy to have and uh, yeah that's my point that's something to ponder over coffee after this is done i'm going to be thinking about that because i'm always like i'm an optimist but you know there's realism pessimism you make great points Okay. We should have almost had Nanda on this panel. <laughs> I feel like. Thank you so much for all your comments and questions, Nanda, by the way. Uh, Cody, did you want to read this up? Uh, yeah, it says, uh, Nandita agreed that uh, no one should procreate unless they can guarantee a minimum standard of welfare for the potential children. And we must shift the focus away from what the parent wants to what the child needs. Um, and okay. yeah. I think as far as like, you know, antinatalism, pronatalism, I wouldn't say that I'm an antinatalist. And Lenore, I've heard you mention that you wouldn't say that you are either. But that doesn't mean that I'm a like full on pronatalist either. I don't think people should just be having kids for the sake of having kids. It should all be well thought out and planned. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm a child free uh, identifying individual, but I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily uh, antinatalist. And it's interesting when I look at kind of what Lenore was saying earlier, when I, when I look at what's um, the involvement of the child free community in India and Pakistan, it seems like it's, it's almost like heavily um, uh, weighted for antinatalism. Like it's almost like child free. And then like the very next phrase of, so it is, is antinatalist as well. Um, and so it, it's, I don't know if it's just because of maybe what's happening in our, our respective countries where, um, as you're mentioning with the, like the, the dual families and, and this, the, the system that's currently going on there to wanting to kind of just break it, break the chain of break the system to, to, you know, get some freedom, uh, away from it. And uh, I don't know, Lenore, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that question. Sorry. <laughs> Be, being a child-free, not non-antinatalist. Well, I, you know, okay. So it's interesting because you know, the, the more I have conversations and the more I broaden my my even understanding of what what the child free mindset is, because I used to be of the of opinion that being child free means, you know, you never wanted to have kids. You don't have kids of any kind, fostering step, whatever. And you don't want any in the future. I was so hardlined and a part of me still is that way but the more i hear other people's experiences and realize there's so many different 
nuances to it that, you know, we, we talk about gatekeeping. Well, when I listen to, you know, the antinatalist perspective, there's a part of me that goes, well, as pro-choice, am I really child-free if I'm saying you have a choice whether or not you want to have children? Like, there, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to pinpoint. And I think, that, you know, we talk about, you know, division even within the child-free community. I imagine there's division even in the antinatalist community. And um, so if an anti someone who identifies as an antinatalist listens to someone like me who says people have a choice, does that make like to you, does that make me less child free or kind of like on the fence in, in that realm? Like it's, I don't have answers for anything. I'm just always absorbing these conversations and, and seeing how my mind shifts as I you know, understand from other people's experiences, because, you know, when someone says they're child free, I don't assume antinatalist actually, you know, and, and this has been really cool, like getting to know Arif and Sadiq and even, you know, being in some of the chats you guys have had and just listening to your perspective, because really, I, again, I look at it, go like most people from your region do sound like they're antinatalists, right? So, but I have a very different life experience, very different upbringing, you know, again, Western Canada. And it's, it's just, it's, 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 my answer is just, it's just so cool to hear all the different options and different mindsets because it's, there's so much to learn and I, and I hope, and, and I, this is what, you know, with child-free convention and various other just conversations in general amongst child-free people is if we can listen to each other's perspective and have a bit more understanding, then we wouldn't be so hard-nosed, I don't think. I mean, we would respect that, you know, this is how I feel. If you're an anti-analyst, this is how you feel. You strongly support this mindset, these actions, as a pro-choice person, you support this mindset, these actions, and, you know, someone who does end up having kids, you know, but like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> Sometimes no, but it's, it's, it's just so fascinating. So I probably didn't answer your question, but that's how I feel right now. I've got uh, Winter joining us here. It says, uh, well, most people believe they are able to provide the minimum standard of welfare when they aren't. Egotism is rampant in those who procreate because it's equally as rampant in humans in general. So thank you for your thoughts on that. Um, and uh, just what Lenore was just saying, um, Sadiq, you mentioned it earlier, just seeing the the culture of what's coming out of India for, you know, their uh, Bollywood or whatever it might be. Um, it, I feel like that's what these conversations are all about from the child-free realm as well. Hopefully people who are curious about what what's going on the other side of the fence with the child-free community, they find these conversations happening and seeing that we all come from completely different backgrounds, but we have this commonality. And that's what really drove this specific talk to happen is we were really interested to hear from both of you gentlemen on your upbringings and what, what you were, were taught growing up and what you have gained in knowledge um, as an adult with your own ability to do research and to make your own choices. So definitely thank you guys for the, the time of joining us today. We, we appreciate it a lot. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting us, Cody and Lenora. And Arif, thank you so much for joining uh, along with me. Yeah, I would also like to thank Child Free Convention for giving us this opportunity to come up and speak our perspective and sharing it to the world. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So is there anything, like how can people reach you if there's people in your area that you want to want to join your meetup, Google Meets, whatever you're doing, how do pe how can people get in touch with you? If you want people to get in touch with you, I guess I should ask permission okay. for that first. Okay. So yes, absolutely. We want people to join us and we want people to be aware of 
child free and antinatalism so you can reach out to us so uh, you can reach out to me as sadik suleman i'm available on facebook and instagram so you can you know uh, ping me up on uh, all these uh, you know social media sites and apart from that we have a few facebook groups also if you want we can also add you up so apart from that we also have uh, weekly meetups with you know fellow child free people from not only india and pakistan but also at different parts of the world so you can also join us and if you want we can also you know exchange our ideas so yeah thanks so we'll put we'll put uh sedic social media in the comments below once we finish yeah. the live i'll i'll add that to the description rf is there any way to reach you or or is sadiq the 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 contact person yeah, we want to protect privacy <laughs> you can contact sadiq as well uh, you can contact uh, Get in touch with me on Facebook at Arifraza, or you can you can join uh, child free groups like Child Free India and Child Free by Choice. So these two groups are my groups, and you can go, come over there and we can hang out. Very cool, and we'll put that in the description later when this is archived. So thank you guys very much. Yeah, th thanks, uh, Cody and Lenora. Thanks. I guess that's my cue to do wrap up. All right. Yes. <laughs> Well, this has been a child-free friendship, India and Pakistan. Again, thank you, Sadiq and Arif, for joining us today. Um, for more information on child-free convention in general, you can go to our website, childfreeconvention.com. Of course, we have the 2022 virtual child-free convention coming up later in July. As of the rec this recording, we have one more week. We're accepting speaker applications. The, the deadline for that is February 28th. If you're watching this in the future, um, you can still Sorry. apply, but the deadline <laughs> deadlines closed, cut, cut off. Uh, and we'll be making announcements, the actual date, and we'll be announcing the official topic panels coming up shortly. So that's exciting. Uh, Cody, do you want to tell everybody who you are? Plug something. I'll do that. And then we'll say goodbye. Uh, the, Cody Hetzel, uh, founder of Child Free Family, uh, found at childfreefamily.com. It's just a cool micro social network for child free individuals all over the world. And it's got a cool map. So you can literally, once you have a profile, little ping pops up and you can find people all over the place and make new friends. So my name is Lenora Fay. I am, I do a lot of things, but uh, I have a podcast called Child Free Girls, which you can, which you can listen to. You can follow me on Instagram at Child Free Blog. And of course, all Child Free Convention stuff. We're here. So uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you to our audience. Thank you for the comments. And if you're watching the replay of this, you can always ask questions to the panel, send, put them below, or you can DM us uh, if you want privacy, and we will get a response to you as well. So thank you, everyone. Have a great evening for you two. Uh, <laughs> afternoon for you, Cody, and everybody else watching. Thank you again. We will chat with you all soon. Bye. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.